Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a Hi, Jackie Cation here. You're listening to The Dork Forest. You know the websites, dorkforest.com, thedorkforest.com. If you like a determiner, JackieCation.com has everything. Both of my podcasts, all of the stand-up stuff, the new album, links to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. But so, I think, does dorkforest.com, where you can look at old videos of different shows. Anyway, if you want to support the show, tell people about the show, review it on iTunes, thumbs it up on Pandora or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate that. You can donate. You can donate monthly. PayPal lets you do that. You can also do my Venmo if you like. It's at Jackie Cation absolutely everywhere. And my email address is Jackie at JackieCation.com. And that's what the PayPal is. The PayPal link is on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. And go to any of them. Thanks for listening. There's merch. There's stand-up. There's tour guide. You know, you can find out where I'm touring. This is getting long. So let's get into the show. Hey, Jackie Cation here in my living room. Uh, the interaction with this young man, uh, when he said, Hey, I'm a dork about hunting. And I said, not man, I hope. And he was like, no. And so we, it was, it was actually funnier, but, uh, Hey, we're going to do a dork forest about hunting and, and about, I assume the cleaning and cooking is what you were saying. Cause, uh, you were telling me about your wife, uh, uh on the inner, in the exchange guys, why don't I actually introduce him? It's David Lemire. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Jackie. I appreciate being here. That's awesome. And you have a podcast about hunting called The Wild Huntsman. And mm-hmm. if you go to at the Wild Huntsman podcast on Instagram, you will find uh, many, many options uh, and the ability to listen to podcasts where you would listen to podcasts. It's The Wild Huntsman. David, we don't know each other. Nope. I don't come from hunting people, sadly. No. Uh, somebody once brought meat over. When I was little, I remember that they brought over some venison and my mother could not have been more confused because no. uh, now it's all it's all cool. Right. Everybody knows how to eat venison now. Yes. But it turns out a factory town in Wisconsin in the 70s, a lot of processed food going on. Uh, so the neighbors who thought they were being very nice were actually just confusing uh, mm-hmm. my overworked mother. So where do you what state do you live in? I live in upstate New York. I'm up oh. in, uh, you know, just south of the Adirondacks. Okay. That's neat. Then, yeah, because uh, yeah, that's that's wild country. That's country where you can go hunting and, and fishing and all the things. It is. There's about 2 million acres of public land uh, open to hunting, accessible oh. to hunting right nearby. That's cool. Now, do you hunt all year long or is there? Is it seasonal? It's seasonal. So... Each state, uh, under the North American model of wildlife conservation, each state makes their own guidelines for uh, seasons for what you can hunt at what time, all sort of under uh, uh, an idea of when the best times are hunting and scientifically and what's best for the species and for folks. Okay. Uh, I remember asking my dad when I was little to teach me how to trap because Mm -hmm. he used to have a trap line. When he yeah. was little, when that it wasn't a factory town, when it was just a tiny town in Wisconsin, he yeah. had a rabbit, uh, a rabbit uh, s- uh, snare, snares, yeah, yeah, and um, 
he was like, well, you can't do it in the summer. They got worms. We can't eat them. (laughs) And I was like, all right. Well, so then he was hoping I would forget by winter. And I did not forget. And a horrible thing happened. We caught a rabbit. Anyway, uh, and it was a devastation. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, so I'm not the hero of that story. So I won't ever, I'm not going to be ending it here because uh, I want you to like me first. So uh, <laughs> that's, there's, so, a, yeah. there's a good way to get introduced to hunting, trapping, fishing, and uh, some not so good ways to be introduced. Yeah. Right. That it does make sense. Like I have friends from high school whose dads would take them out deer hunting in Wisconsin and some of them it took. And some of them were like, this was a nightmare. Yeah. And um, the ones that were a nightmare seemed to involve about a case of beer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's you're carrying weapons into the forest. (laughs) It's frowned upon. Generally speaking, I I luckily haven't. um, How did you learn? How did you learn to hunt? I learned, um, I had a, uh, the country cousins sort of thing. I grew up in the suburbs of Boston and visiting my grandmother at my aunt and uncle's place in Vermont. Okay. I was introduced first to, um, rifle shooting and then eventually to hunting. And it was a very good sort of a way for a young person to, to get involved because we didn't, uh, actually we weren't successful very much in our hunting, but the, the basics were hammered in very successfully about firearm safety and respect for the resource and the animal. Oh, that's cool. Cause the, and that makes sense. So how old were you? Like you were like 10 or 11 going to your grandma's house. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And those, uh, probably between nine and 13, I'd be going there. That's the sweet spot in all the good mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. So uh, for, for <laughs> when sure. a young man gets a gun. And sure. so were your uncles and, and were they all, I mean, obviously your cousin's parents were doing some hunting. Yeah. Were they also cooking? And Yes. Yeah. It's, um, so you grew up of... on the meat too. So it a wasn't little bit. shocking. Okay. A little bit. And it was also a farm uh, area. So there was that level of understanding um, animals and processing and that sort of connectedness to your food source as something from outside the supermarket, not mass produced. Right, right. Was it um, was it like a dairy farm or was it a like a, a growing farm? Did it have it, it was a hobby farm. It was a my uncle had retired. I was um, the youngest cousin by probably 15 years so okay he was an older gentleman and he had retired and started his farm that he always wanted to do and it didn't need to produce anything right but so, it did sometimes right right so he had like a like a vegetable garden and he might have had some animals and stuff and exactly right and then he was worried right and horses oh yes. that's cool too yeah, they were terrible, terrible my, animals. <laughs> my, you know, my husband uh, is, uh, he was, his cousins were all in Mississippi, rural Mississippi. Yeah. And so every summer he would go to rural Mississippi. Yeah. And, um, and his dad was, uh, he worked for United until he retired. Uh, and he got an early retirement, like he got a disability retirement when he was in his 40s. Mm. And so he made up a job, which was he trained bird dogs for field trials. Yes. And so he trained mostly pointers who hunted yes. birds, right? Yes. Yeah. And 
one Andy would tell me that one of his jobs with his dad's horses was that after school, he had to ride the horses yeah. and essentially make them do everything they didn't want to do. Yeah, that was that was my job as well as a, as a boy. Um, <laughs> Being the light person, figuring, you know, and it's all relative. I was a pretty uh, hefty kid, mm -hmm. but putting me on a horse and saying, it's not broke. This horse isn't going to listen ah. to you. We're just going to acclimatize and you need to stay on. Okay. We're just so trying to teach him that different people are going to be riding him. Different people are going to ride it. And um, the horse didn't like being ridden and... Uh, and, and thus, was, you didn't like riding it. Uh, <laughs> it got tense and uncertain. <laughs> and I, I had a hard time with an animal that would really lose its mind over like a plastic bag flying by. Something, oh, something that twitchy. would startle it. No, <laughs> twitchy horse. <laughs> no. Huh. All right. Well, and so, okay. So you learned how to, so the first, the first, initially it was just learn how to fire the, rifles yeah firearm safety stuff and marksmanship marksmanship make sure you know which side and how to treat it and and to be yeah. i once had a gun dork on it was actually yeah. a very spooky episode because yeah. uh, uh my buddy robert jenkins was sitting in the dark in the basement mm. with his variety of guns because mm. his wife was upstairs and i was like no. you got to get a ring light or something robert <laughs> uh because you're looking ominous <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. But he was the the previous episode that I've had about anything even close to this. It was entirely about gun safety. Well, so, we love those. We love the gun dorks uh, in certainly in hunting, but also just generally speaking, the Pittman Robertson Act. No, this is, is getting real dorky. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> 1937 Act. OK. That, um, in the late 19th, early 20th century, a bunch of folks got together and realized that they were killing all of the animals in North America. Uh, you know, remember the right, buffalo right. and the passenger right. pigeon and, uh, you know, all of our cautionary tales. Yep. And white-tailed deer were at a remarkably low number. They'd be an endangered species if they were at the number they were at oh back then today. Okay. So they decided, we well, got to fix this. And they applied a tax. It's about an 11%. Uh, might be 11%. Could be 10 It's somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, tax on... Um, ammunition and firearms and things that are used for hunting but so the the that money is used for um, expanding uh, wild places and recovering animals it's actually the most successful um, monetary way that we have helped wildlife in north america through that one act okay so that's what they use for conservation and uh, they use and it for conservation Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And now, as you know, with you know, all of um, many of those animals, certainly the game animals, have uh, come back to remarkable numbers, sometimes problematic numbers in in areas. Oh, oh! Northern California has a deer problem and yeah. and a and a bleeding heart problem. Uh, as much as <laughs> my heart bleeds, as well. Sure. But uh, you gotta you gotta call the herd. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, um, so it is. We are recording this in March, the middle of March of yep. 2022. Yep. What is in season in upstate New York? So in season in upstate New York would be uh, snowshoe hare is oh. the last thing that I would hunt that's in season. There's 
there are some animals that are not considered game species that you can do year round. Uh, squirrel, um, red squirrel, pine squirrel, you can do year round. Okay. And I'll train my dog uh, on those animals most of the time. But I'm not interested in uh, hunting pine squirrels generally. So. Right. Well, there's, yeah, that's, uh, you might as well. I will hunt squirrel, Jackie. I'll hunt gray you'll, squirrel. You'll, you'll hunt a gray squirrel. Not it's about a, squirrel hunting. Are, are you, is it hunting? <laughs> I, here's yeah. the thing about the definition of the word sure. hunting. Sure. Is it, is there a tracking going on? Is there some sort of planning? Gray sure. squirrels? That feels like opportunity <laughs> and motive. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, it sounds like just uh, a person with a problem just out there. No, the, <laughs> the, uh, the weird thing about some of the animals that we have in abundance in, uh, in our home areas, animals that live really well up against uh, civilization, humanity, particularly suburbia, yeah. white-tailed deer, gray squirrel, Canada goose. Uh, right. These are these are animals that in the wild run away from you, have no interest in being around you. Right. So I could go hunting uh, Canada geese and pass by, drive through the suburbs, pass by tons of Canada geese, get out <laughs> and have a day where I don't have any success. And the same with squirrel or deer. Okay. <laughs> yes. So you sometimes have to destination go hunting so yes. that you're not just literally just clearing out the local park right right yeah and it's probably not legal to shoot uh to nope. hunt in a local park right you have nope. to go to a designated sort of where everyone knows there will be hunters there are places that are multiple use that allow hunting and recreation and particularly with the pandemic it was an interesting um push of folks who were um, going stir crazy in their homes getting into wild places so i'd be out hunting and see folks that i would never have seen before but generally speaking, I like to go uh, as far back in as possible off of trails and oh, away so from. So you park and then you sort of yes. hike in. Yeah. Do you end up yeah. camping and stuff too? Do you stay overnight inside? Sure, I've, sure. I've done that. That's uh, a wonderful way to do it. If I if I can make the time, I'll do that, and uh, that's great. I got up uh, just before the pandemic. I got out into Nevada, into the Ruby Mountains and the Ruby oh, the Mountain Wilderness, and it was wonderful. Where is that? That sounds pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's in Nevada. It was. Um, it's that's where than... Las Vegas is. Hi, I <laughs> it's do in northern Nevada. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm like Laughlin. Uh, sure. I, I only know where the casino towns are because that's where sure. Reno. Sure. Vegas, sure, Reno is right by Tahoe, and that is actually very beautiful and oh, further yeah. north. Oh yeah. So is it north of Reno as well? The no, no, it's it's uh, south of Reno. It's it's probably right in the middle of nowhere in between. Uh, if you were right to look at Vegas and Reno, you'd go in the middle. Okay, so so you um, yeah, let's let's backtrack a little bit because I want to know. So when you went hunting initially and you weren't particularly successful at it, you just sort of mm. got the safety and you got the camaraderie and you got to yes. hang out with your family and it was super fun with adults. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just like, you know, six dads and uh, <laughs> and a bunch of cousins. And so sure. what um, what was there's this is I don't, I don't want it to be uh, gross, but I mean, like, no. like, what was the first animal that you successfully hunted and mm. how how do you process that? You know, you're right. Sure. So the first animal I successfully hunted was cottontail rabbit. Okay. So 
you know, regular bunny rabbit type. A of. bunny rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Like you would have probably been uh, setting snares for. Uh, that I set snares for and that yes. I sadly killed. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. How did you process it? Uh, uh, my father got too busy to help me. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. That is yeah. the wrong way to go about it. it. Completely, entirely the wrong way. And uh, sad for the bunny rabbit. Anyway. Yes. Continuing. Yeah. I did. Um, I was, um, I'm probably close to your age. I think we're probably of a similar age. So this was before YouTube. Right. But I did take that uh, rabbit by myself and did clean it by myself. I just went by books. And it was, okay. um, it was, books are kind of, the so podcast, you, oh, oh, please. So, so are you in rural, you're, you're at your uncle's house and you're like, I have shot this rabbit. Yeah. This is now my rabbit. Yeah. I'm going to figure out how to clean it. Correct. Uh, and skin it and, and figure Correct. it out. Yeah. Correct. You know, I loved books when I was 11 and I caught that rabbit. You would have thought that I would have gone to the damn library and got a book. Okay. So, right. so did right. the book help? The book was uh, very helpful. The book uh, walked me through it. And luckily, rabbits are one of the easiest animals to clean. They, okay. They're, they're almost self-explanatory once you get into it. Right. They're kind of simple. And yeah. then did you end up um, in a very sort of Gollum, Sam and Frodo kind of way, clean up a brace of conies and make stew? Did you end up eating that rabbit? I did eat that rabbit. And I, I want to say it was a breaded rabbit medallion was the first one, pan fried uh, okay it's so a you white meat them. it's very um it's very similar to any other white meat and it was it was good dry it but was it was good. pretty good all right it was good. yeah and so you did a little panko a little breading yeah. and then pan fried it good for yeah. you yeah. and uh so um so that's a, that's so you tend to do you also bird hunt I do. I, I'm, I'm one of, I'm a generalist, so I'm not great at anything. I'm not a hunting expert on any uh, stretch. I get to talk to hunting experts. That's why I do the podcast is I talk to mostly, it seems about hunting writers I'll talk to. Oh, and like, and that, like magazine writers, They'll a lot write of magazine articles? writers, a lot of book writers, uh, you know, folks that have thought deeply about hunting. Okay. And, it's a scam, Jackie, is what it is. It's a, <laughs> is I couldn't, it? Yeah, I couldn't just call these people up and say, I want to talk to you about your ideas that you really delved into deeply in this book. You know what? That person's not calling me back. I'm, I'm just right. a creep. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, I, but I invite them on the podcast. and You get a podcast. Talk. All of a sudden, you get to talk to all kinds of people. Exactly. Uh, as I as I sit here, uh, excited to learn, <laughs> and so yeah, you know, there was about a month ago I did an episode about fly fishing with my brother, and so he recommended a lot of great books. Yeah. About if you wanted to get into fly fishing. Yeah. So you have so there's equipment. Yep. A lot of it. and a lot of equipment. That's its own hobby, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Co collecting a variety of kind of weapons Year. do you do you mostly do like shotguns and guns or do you do any crossbowy kind of stuff or bows and arrows sure i was i always frowned on crossbows because i was uh when i was younger i was a little bit better at judging people and thinking like like saying that's not really whatever <laughs> fill in the blank right uh but You're i had not doing kids. that right yeah right, right exactly they're, they're not doing the real thing they're not really doing it but 
having kids really helped me to get past that. So teaching them archery mm -hmm. is important to me and they enjoy it, but they're not going to be able to, my uh, young daughter is going to be able to pull back a bow with the power it would take to um, effectively and ethically kill an animal. Okay. Where a crossbow is similar, but easier to shoot. So it'll have all the power with the, it's a, the learning curve and the physical strength necessary is, is lessened. Okay. Cause, cause, a, cause a crossbow is actually kind of mechanical, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah it, and, and so it can, it has enough force to actually, yeah. it could kill the deer instead yes. of you having to find the deer that you just wounded. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I remember a lot of talk in junior high and grade school yeah. <laughs> right after hunting season started where they're like, well, we spent the whole weekend yeah. <laughs> following yeah. this deer. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> you should yeah. learn to shoot better. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's important to, uh, to do it ethically, right? If you're going to do it, you have to take it seriously. Right. Everything I know about hunting, uh, sadly, either comes from those experiences in my grade school and junior high and yeah. some Louis L'Amour novels. Okay. Uh, so good, good source. <laughs> he's, he writes a good novel. It's always a lone guy coming into town to help. Sure. So how about Zane Gray? I never, you know, Zane Gray. I tried to read Zane Gray, but I liked, um, I liked Louis L'Amour writes people better. Zane Gray yeah. write, writes, writes uh, scenery better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So did you read Zane Gray? Not so much. I didn't, I didn't enjoy his work so much, but he was a big hunter and fisherman. So. Okay. Yeah. So he no, held I, records and such and big fish did, records. Oh, fishing records. Like yeah. size of fish. Size of fish. Are there hunting contests? So there are super uh, problematic as you can imagine. Right. Um, hunting is, is um, politically um charged charged <laughs> fraught with and, peril and yes. right and as it it should be something that's that people think about and consider and not everyone's going to be a hunter and um so hunters have to do a better job of reaching out to non-hunters giving them food if it's not a burden like it was to your mom right no right it. find out if they're they eat meat and then yes. they might want to try to cook venison exactly and... yeah. exactly right called venison diplomacy in my <laughs> right. circles but uh a gift can be a burden if it's not right wanted. it's like giving somebody a puppy you think yes. about it for a second yeah think of, yeah. give it some thought um but yeah i don't know what i was saying jack you were I saying about hunting contests oh hunting contests yeah so there are record books uh boone and crockett uh, is a famous one. Pope and Young is another famous one. I think Boone and Crockett might have been started by Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. And uh, and friends. And that's just my memory of it. But they'll do a, a point scoring system on antler size and that sort of thing. Right. Right, so right. People will talk about points and that. And even within the hunting community, that's not um that's not across the board right that's i i would think there's different kinds of hunters i mean you sound like no. a guy who wants to go hunt no. and then bring that kill home no make your wife uncomfortable yes and then 
and then uh, provide a delicious meal for your family. Yes. I have since the beginning. Exactly right. So the, there's, there's, uh, I think some of the controversy in hunting within the hunting community would be the pictures that people take grip and grin photos. They have a dead animal. They're holding antlers. They got a big smile. Grip that's and a, grin. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a controversial subject for both sides because everyone wants a picture of grandpa on the farm <laughs> yep. when he's been hunted <laughs> when he's been hunting, but there, it can be done incorrectly. It can be done uh, disrespectfully to the animal, and it's, yeah. So, how about just at the dinner table? There you are. There you are. So a lot of a lot of folks, um, particularly now, there's a big wild meat contingent of hunters who hunt primarily for food, a hunt to eat, sort of. Um, that's an actual get company, back to the land to or hunt to eat. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a bunch of folks who do it primarily as a way of participating in nature, as opposed to viewing nature, going for a walk, and it's an object, subject, object that's nature and this is me and I'll look at it. Right. And the hunters um, oftentimes think of themselves as participating in the natural cycle and mm -hmm. in nature, they're not separate. There's not that creepiness where uh, the deer is a thing. Right. That we look at and say it's beautiful and then go home. I got to kill that. Yeah. That's, that's weird. Nobody's doing that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully you're like, that's really good looking. I got to add that. And, uh, <laughs> no, no. Hopefully not. Yeah, Hopefully. There, uh, I'm sure there are, there's different types of, uh, there are different types of humans out in the world. Exactly, I, they're yeah. not coming on the dork forest. It creeps yeah, me out. Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I believe in you, David Lemaire, so, who, by the way, you. has a podcast called the wild huntsman and it's the wild huntsman podcast on Instagram. So just so you know, Jackie, uh, uh, yeah. can I tell you about that, that time I creeped out my wife? Yes, please. Oh my gosh. Please tell me. <laughs> All right. So one of the ways to not introduce someone to hunting I participated in and was the uh, problematic figure instigator. Oh. I was the instigator. I was the um, foolish person. So as a young man, um, my wife is an impressive individual. She's a scholar artist. You know, she's a theater professor. She's, she's, uh, Oh, wow. Cultured. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's cultured and she's erudite. a classy lady. She's, she's a classy, <laughs> she's a, she classy is absolutely lady. a classy lady. I, um, I'm, you know, I'm a big <laughs> dumb animal. And when wooing my wife, when you guys are like a romance novel, by the right, way, congratulations. What, thank you. Thank you. I know you appreciate those from my listening. I don't mind them. All right. So when pitching woo <laughs> toward my wife, I mentioned that I hunted and I, but I never, it never came up after that. I was telling her how wonderful I thought she was. Right. And would you marry me? It right. wasn't, I wasn't saying, I I knew who I was dealing with. I wasn't saying, hey, come out into the woods at oh dark 30. We're going to freeze <laughs> our butts off and really challenge ourselves. And if we're lucky, we'll end up with a hundred pounds of meat. It wasn't, it didn't seem reasonable to me. Right. It didn't come up in conversation. It didn't come and up during the romance, during the, you know, our. How our, long did you date before? Long time. 
<laughs> right. So she didn't know how often do you go hunting? All the time. She so during hunting season, mm-hmm. I would say I'm going hunting and she would say great. And I and I would go hunting and there were I wouldn't talk about it. I didn't bring it up really afterwards. I was I had other things on my mind, Jackie. I was I right. was interested in winning the love of this woman. I wasn't, <laughs> you thought I don't want to creep her out with the hunting. So it didn't it, even occur to me to creep out. It wasn't that. I wasn't okay, hiding okay. it. You weren't was, hiding it. Okay. I wasn't Good hiding it. it. Good to hear. I was merely uh other, you know, I had other things on my mind. So when right. we were married, hunting season came along. In the beginning in September, um, early game seasons are normally small game season. I went out squirrel hunting. I was successful. I came back. I was cooking up squirrel. My wife was teaching a class and came back and she came into the home. She said, uh, it smells wonderful. What are you cooking? And I said, teriyaki squirrel. And she screamed and ran out of the house. And I was left alone with my squirrel and my, my dinner. Not a euphemism. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Jesse. And I looked around. And uh, she came back into the house, giving me the universal sign, uh, don't talk to me, went into her, um, went into the bedroom and called her sister. I heard uh, from the bedroom, I married a man who eats squirrels. I heard my sister-in-law screaming, what? He eats what? <laughs> it, it was just terrible. It was a terrible That's- situation. It's unfortunate that the first triumphant uh, hunt was a squirrel. She would have yeah. been if you had brought home pheasant. Yeah. If you had brought home, yeah. it would have been it would have been exotic. If you of had course. brought home deer, yeah, she might have been grossed out. But like, oh well, he goes deer right. hunting. All right, it's a big game animal, right? She, where did she Where did she grow up? She grew up in New England as well, but she's okay. uh, she's a first generation. Uh, child of immigrants from uh cape verde and west africa so they weren't they weren't hunting uh folks they were city hardworking. they were city folk they were she she was not a country mouse she was was not a country mouse she was not interested in my country (laughs) ways or that ruined it for a little while i i did uh, how did you repair her perception of your did she try the squirrel no, of course no. Oh, no. Um, I was, was no happy. I was happy to come out with our marriage still intact. Yeah, I yeah. Did, yeah you I, were like, not, I do not insist that you try teriyaki squirrel at this I, time. I yeah. said that I would uh, clean and process animals outside of her view <laughs> outside in the of future, <laughs> and that there'd be no animal parts uh, to terrify her. So yeah, just- uh, we we. Over the years, I would bring in ducks, a uh, type of duck meat and say, try this. And, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. And then how long have this, you been together, if I might ask? Oh, uh, it'll be, let's see, 1994. We were married. Okay. So. Oh, wow. So quite yeah. some time. Congratulations. Thank you. So, but so we're almost 30 years later, 28 years later. Yes. And, uh, and, and so now you're bringing in ducks. Okay. I'm bringing in other animals. My son, um, I think sort of a high point of her acceptance was my son bringing home a turkey this past year and everyone cheering him as opposed to screaming and running out of the room. <laughs> right. I think I think it, it does. 
it does help when it's, you know, your kid going, yeah. oh, you're so proud of yourself. Of course, I'll, I'll try this right. turkey. Right, right. Exactly. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations to him for getting a turkey. Um, yeah, he did yeah. good. So when, when you hunt, do you bring it back in the car? Like, mm-hmm. is it just you have plastic in the trunk and you just sure. make sure everything's, you know, or do you have coolers? Maybe you sure. have a... Maybe you have some sort of. It's been a combination. It's been many, many years. It was a pickup truck scenario with. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yes. Or a cap over the pickup truck bed was uh, for several years. Um, I am purchasing in the near future, a station wagon. And that is a big concern of mine that I'll be putting dead animals in the back of the station wagon. But. Yeah, because it might get a little. It's it's hard to air out a station wagon. Now, is it a real station wagon? I don't. Th- I didn't think they were making them anymore. I thought they were calling them CrossFit yes. or Cross well, something. Yeah, I'm going to buy an, a little bit older uh, station wagon, and I think Volvo and Subaru still make them. Still making a station wagon. Yeah. All right. It's so. Have you ever dressed the meat where it lay? Like, have you ever just sort of cleaned it in the yeah. moment? Yeah. So. Maybe not, I haven't done the full processing, but certainly uh, for large animals that you kill in the back country. Yeah, um, but then you, you have to hike out, right? Then you have to hike out. So there's, uh, depending on the laws of the state that you're hunting in, sometimes you're able, sometimes you have to keep an animal intact with the tag on it throughout the process and then check it in sometimes at a check station. But oh. in some states you're allowed to um, quarter the animal in the field. If okay. It's a large animal. Right, right. Because, like, if you, how, how big is it? Is a white-tailed deer that you've? Yeah. So a real big one up here is probably 175 pounds or so. Yeah. No. And you've you already have 50 pounds worth of gear. Yeah. Tough drag. Yeah. And I'm not getting younger. And uh, <laughs> right. It's, 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 right. You're like, is there a way that I could leave? Yes. Some of this for the local wildlife, and then I take out the the meat. Yes. Um, yeah. And, that... for, and for the larger animals out west, like an elk, elk is very popular now for hunters, and particularly for hunters who are uh, of the newer style where fitness is a, a lifestyle that goes with it. There's people training with specific programs for elk season. So that they can get in and get out with their elk and yes. pull it? on on like some sort of like are they weaving i picture them this is it's a lot of there's a lot of dog and horse books in my past okay and uh so and people are making like sort of trap like uh like those those things that you like and then you you just drag it yeah (laughs) right i bet you rei sells something that i've never yeah i've never seen that happen but there are modern equivalents um yeah that people are dragging animals out of is it is do you have a favorite uh, equipment favorite equipment i uh am old jackie as we've discussed so <laughs> as has been established you are as not has been un- early established earlier so i am at the point of my life where i'm simplifying more and more and getting from buying the latest and greatest to finding stuff that just works so Right. Uh, right. It's sort of like buying in wardrobe, you buy uh, sort of base pieces. Uh, you know, you absolutely. have a black turtleneck. You can wear that anywhere. That, that dresses up, that dresses down. Yeah. And uh, so 
So is there, um, because when, when you, like if you travel, you have to yeah. pack your, you yeah. have to pack the weapons yeah. in your check-in, right? I don't think you yeah. can carry out, right? I mean, that yeah. would be frowned on. You can't go on the carry-in. No, right? So you have, there's the case, and then yep. in, which is usually soft, but yep. there should be a, there should be some sort of brace or something because you don't want the gun to break. Right. So there are good travel cases that are made of uh, either plastic or aluminum that protect your, your gear while you travel. Okay. Yeah. And, and do you do any fishing? I do. I do. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a fly fisherman by through most of my life, but hook and bobber and worms when I had kids. Oh, right. Right, because it's just easier. <laughs> it's just try to teach a you know a four year old to fly fish. Yeah, challenge. right. You, they can sit next to you and play with the bobber and the worm, yes. and it'll be. They might catch something. So, yeah. um, do you tie your own flies as well? I did. I'm uh, I'm For starting back up again now that my kids uh, don't need me to point them anymore into the directions and do all the guiding. Okay. Yeah. That's. Uh, the, uh, and it's, it's a nice thing to do is to sit and, you know, watch TV or listen to a, uh, the radio or something and, yes. and tie flies. That's what my yes. brother says anyway. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do, uh, what are, so equipment that you would, like if someone, and it's a weird thing to say, but, but I always say it. So why wouldn't I say it with hunting? If sure. someone wanted to get into hunting now, yeah. Yeah. What, how would you suggest that they, what, what would be starter stuff? Take an online or in-person hunter education course. Step one is give Step yourself one. an hour or two of, yep, of, hunt, of hunter safety stuff. Exactly. Okay. It's normally and, run by the state or at least licensed by the state and the Department of Environmental Conver Conservation or Fish and Game or whatever state you're in. They have different names for it, but. Right, right. You, take, you take a course and that'll give you sort of a head start on all of the safety aspects of it. Right. It just sort of gives you a sane introduction. They're like, yeah. you want to do this? Yeah. Please do. Yeah. We have a lot of deer. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of grouse. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yes, we do. Um, but so if you take that for safety thing, and then the next thing would be obviously some sort of weapon safety, whether you're, whatever kind of weapon you're using. Sure. Yeah. And that's all part of that training. So if you take a general hunter safety course, if you do an in-person course in particular, they'll do a day of uh, weapon safety and they'll normally bring you through a rifle and a shotgun. There's an archery specific course and they'll do that as well. But there's also a bunch of online resources for mentorship. And I would, it's, it's important. It's it's a steep learning curve to teach yourself. Yeah. And we're at a point now where so many folks, based on the the people who are deliberate about their food choices, mm -hmm. getting into hunting. And so that what that means is that a lot of adults, young adults in particular, seem to be taking up hunting now. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they can find a mentor, there's a bunch of programs. If there's one in their area, sign up. What a great idea. I mean, the thing is, is, is some, some of the best things I've ever taken part in has yeah. been either a formal or informal mentorship where, yeah. I mean, you had a very informal, just it was family, right? Of course, of course. But if you don't have that 
upbringing and that isn't been integral to your social circle, yeah. finding someone who can, who can, because otherwise you're just sort of floundering and reading books and, and, and watching YouTube oh. videos, which is doable, but, yeah. but it's also camaraderie. Camaraderie and it's, and it's difficult, right? To put yourself out there and say, I, I could use your help. I'd like your information. It's and super, it's, yeah. It's difficult for someone like me, who's a boring uh, middle-aged white guy. <laughs> if you're uh, not that, if you're a uh, different race, ethnicity, gender, whatever, more exciting. You know, however you define yourself. Right. But a lot of folks won't feel comfortable doing that yeah. in that they, um, they don't want to be the only person that looks like them in a room of folks that look like me. Right. 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 Which is under completely understandable, reasonable, yeah, yeah. sensible. Oh, so there yeah. are online resources for that as well. There's groups uh, for women hunters, hunters of colors is a group. Minority Outdoor Alliance is a group. Oh, right. So that you can you can at least fit. Yeah, I have several friends who are people of color who are like, if I'm the only black person you're inviting to your party, please don't. Yeah. Me. Yeah. It's exhausting. Right. And uh, so I, I was right. like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Right. And well, allow me to get more friends. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> Allow me to expand my acquaintanceship to sure. uh, all different kinds of people. Sure. And yeah, so th that's an excellent point, too, because. Because I'm sure with mentorship and with those communities, with with yeah. those groups that are, you know, outdoor alliance or whatever, they yeah. create a sense of community. Yeah. And and what you were saying before about learning about how to use the resources and leave yeah. sort of, I mean, you have to you have to sort of be wise about not over overfishing or overhunting anything, yeah. right? Yeah, of course. There's a lot of it's it's fraught with ethical uh, challenges, and it's a it's a wonderful pastime. But yeah, the the bar to entry looks high to a lot of people. It really does, because it seems, you know, I mean, I've had several friends, and this is this is of course I uh, tangential, but uh, the uh, <laughs> several friends have told me that I should get a gun in yeah. the last couple of years. But yeah. they're talking about judge, jury, and executioner kind sure. of gun. Personal defense. Uh, yeah, I have no need. Uh, yeah. I would shoot. I have no motor skills, so yeah. right. it would. The first thing that would happen would be something horrible. It would probably yeah. be the last thing that happened, sure. Uh, sure. where I would trip, fall, and eat a gun. So, uh, and then. But there's there's it's intimidating to think about guns at all and, and weapons, quite honestly, just of because course. they are lethal, Of course, which is why that safety. I took a I took a, a safety archery class. Yeah. And that was yeah. it was a relief. Of course. Yeah, because with, you know, when I when I was taught the correct way to use and hold and point and yeah. do this thing, it felt less lethal. And more like they say, oftentimes a tool yeah. and um, and something where it kind of took the terror out of it. I was of just course. like, OK, yeah. Uh, yeah, I found a knife on the ground once. Uh, it's a really cool knife, but it's right. it's like a it's a carpenter knife. Right. right. So it's got a nice little saw thing on it. And it's yes. but it's also. Um, but I, you know you were all taught not to run with scissors. I mean, you just, sure. it, it's scary until yeah. you know what you're doing, I think. 
I think so. And I think that there's uh, so many groups out there that can help you that it would be, if you were hoping to start, it would be silly not to take advantage there. These groups really, they're putting in the time because they want to do that. They want to mentor folks. And there's different groups that, I don't know, I'm I'm in a bunch of them, but if you're a waterfowl hunter, there's groups like Delta Waterfowl or Ducks Unlimited, mm-hmm. which their job is to um, advocate for that resource, for that species of animal. But on top of that, when you sign up for that, you go to some dinner, fundraising dinner, and you'll meet 30 folks, 50 folks who are interested in duck hunting. Right. So, you could talk about duck hunting. Yeah, other yes. people who are really into duck hunting yeah and don't talk about it if you're if people aren't into duck hunting don't go and just start talking about it which is why your wife didn't know <laughs> and uh, you're like i have found that a lot of not a lot of people want to have this conversation me and my enjoyment of hunting of squirrel and uh <laughs> but if you went to a squirrel hunters unlimited uh <laughs> yeah sure there'd be at least 13 other people who were like no no tell me what you do how do you do right right do you Here's uh, here's a uh, this might even be Nathaniel Hawthorne. I forget where you bark, you bark a squirrel. Yeah, it's uh, you you try to kill it with the bark off a tree or something. That's fictional, right? Is that sure? Real? That's uh, that's actually real. Uh, oh, that's real. Was, that's real. No, I don't uh, do it or haven't done it, but it's um, an old timey idea, a musket era Daniel Boone certainly. Right, right. Because the possibly because the bullets were so large, yeah, exactly. There would right. be no squirrel left. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> if, that's a tenant. You don't want to waste the meat. Yes, and uh, and if you're using a tinier gun, yes, and, and you can get them right in the brain box. Yep. Then you got all the squirrel that you've ever wanted. Yes. Uh, is a squirrel much more than a one meal for one person? No, it's not. It's it's exactly what you think it is for the amount of meat on its body. A fair amount of, it, <laughs> fair amount of work. I've been told by several folks that it's the best game meat uh, out there. Oh, all right. Does uh, it, I, I'm does up it taste there and specifically like squirrel? It's another white meat, but it is uh, it is good. It's harder okay. to dry out, I think, than most white meat. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we know. Well, let me ask you, uh, you're a comedian. If you go to a gathering, you can't talk to anybody. If you found somebody that was another comedian, you'd be talking to that person in the room, right? Oh, let me tell you about a social experience my husband and I had for the first several years of our lives (laughs) and still occurs. Uh, We invite people over uh, for, let's say, a barbecue. Sure. Pre-pandemic, obviously. There's uh, there might be 30 people in our backyard. There might be 20, yeah. right? Whatever it is, let's say 10 of them are comics and 10 of them are video game designers. Okay. They break up into those two very specific groups. Yes. And we try to, you know, we try to blend them together. At the wedding, we sat them all mixed up. Well, yeah. as soon as they stood up, they kind of gravitated yeah. anyway. Because, yeah. he, I mean, all he wants to talk about are games. Yeah. And most of his friends games yeah. and all I want to talk about is stand up and most of my friends stand up. Yeah. But, um, but we have, I mean, there's social skills. We can all, you know, I of don't course. have to bring it up. Of course. He doesn't have to bring it up. Sure. <laughs> but it's just like, you can pretend, but you if, you, if you have the, the opportunity, 
<laughs> right. So you're members of several groups. Yes. Does your wife come to you to any of these dinners or you're just like, no, eh. no, I'm, I'm a good husband and uh, I don't put her in the position. If you go to a Ducks Unlimited uh, dinner, mm-hmm. which I've been to a few and they're nice. Sure. There's going to be people dressed in camouflage. There's going to be people with ties, but they have ducks on them. <laughs> And uh, my brother has ties that have trout on them. Yeah. So, yeah. I have a tie with ducks on them. I don't wear it around her. But no, I don't. And she doesn't. She's very cautious with what musical theater she has me attend. <laughs> she's kind. Right. And, like, she's kind and generous. And I'm trying to be the same. Right. And she can find someone else to go to a musical theater event. She can find will... someone else. I can find someone else to go to the right. Ducks Unlimited. Right. It's just, it's just a social event. Yep. And it's really for the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hard agree. Yeah. Um, it's one of my, Andy said it was one of his favorite things is when we went to a party together and he didn't have to sort of follow me around and make sure I was all right. right. I have enough social skills that I could just sure. talk to people. Sure. And, and that, that took a while, but uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm in my twilight years. You would think yeah. I would have, a, I would get it together at this late date. Do you have favorite yeah. places? That was one of my, one of my questions. Favorite places. To, yeah, to, absolutely. To go hunting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm a person who likes a marsh, Jackie. If you if you can give me a marsh. <laughs> a wetland? A wetland, <laughs> a marsh. Are a, there marshes by you? There are. There are marshes. There's um, up here in the Adirondacks. It's a uh, it's a they protected a lot of the land they, in a forever wild designation. So nothing happens there and that they don't cut any trees didn't use any of the resources and it's it gets a little bit forest primeval when yeah. you get up north a so tight yeah a little tight so because it's the because of the makeup of uh the trees and the soil it's it's more boggy here but if i get closer to the coast it's more marsh okay and that's where that's that that's good for bird hunting or all yeah. of it it's most animals will use a, a marsh but certainly for duck hunting and uh that's my like i don't know if you have a you probably do have a happy place if you're if you're sitting in the dentist chair and the novocaine starting to wear <laughs> off and you, yeah. you, you gotta go I somewhere gotta, yeah. i have to go somewhere mentally i'll go to uh duck hunting in a marsh uh on the massachusetts coast very from nice my, from my youth yes from i uh yeah i'll go to the quarry in uh in Wisconsin with a little Ross and woods. It's not, there's, it's, it's not, there's a a very nice, um, the Grant park is a very wooded large park on the coast of, of Milwaukee, of South Milwaukee, the small town that I grew up in. And it's, (laughs) it's big. It's gotta go. It's gotta be two or three miles long. And it's just all the coastline of Lake Michigan. And then in about, a mile and a half i would say wow. maybe yeah. yeah so it's really nice yeah. and i think there's hunting but it might just be bow hunting like you might sure. have to go to northern wisconsin if you yeah. wanted to uh, do rifle hunting yeah um i oh there was something oh i was going to ask you if you would that the idea of mar- all the animals use the marsh it reminded me i don't know if you've ever been to los angeles but if you ever come no, the no. La Brea tar pits <laughs> are not just a Bugs Bunny thing. No, no. They are real. 
I did not yeah. know. They are on like La Brea and Wilshire. There's yes. a museum and yes. surrounding the museum, the museum, by the way, one of the greatest deals in the world. Okay. First of all, it's $11. All I right. think it costs more to park. All it right. might cost 20 to park and then $11 a ticket. Mm-hmm. It is approximately a 45 minute museum. Okay. One of my favorite Favorite yeah. kind of museum. Yeah. Gift shop, adorable. Anyway, yeah. a lot of mastodons. But yes. they have mastodons and saber-toothed tigers because they that's what they found in yeah. those tar pits back in the yeah. early 1900s. Yeah. And the tar pits are still there, obviously, because it's tar. Right. And you can go see wow. um, and sort of like, you know, it's hot. So you yeah. don't want to really poke it. But, I mean, sure. you can see it bubble. Yeah. and uh, And it's... You ever come to Los Angeles? I swear to God, right. it I'm is. Doing it. It's a two and a half hour, very beautiful, and then there's restaurants walking distance. And so, let me I ask you, it. Jackie, how do they get those animals out of the tar? Uh, I idea? don't know. A tractor? I don't know either. Tractor? I think they were asked. Here's how it happened initially, and there is, and I only know this because of the museum. Yep. Is so they were excavating because they were going to build stuff. Okay. And so they started digging up the tar and trying to, you know, figure out a way to make foundations and stuff. Right, right. And all of a sudden, saber-toothed tiger or dire (laughs) wolf or, you know, mastodon. Sure. (laughs) So, and and now they're, they have really, they've x-rayed everything. And so now they're just doing sort of bits, tiny bits of bone are what they're finding. And you're like, well, that is not exciting. I would like to see a giant tooth, please. That's no and, sloth. Uh, yeah, it's less exciting. Yeah, they found <laughs> sloth too. Yeah. Uh, and um, but yeah, so so that's that's one of your favorite places. Do you still go to the 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 coast of Massachusetts? Sure. Yeah, I still have family there, and I uh, hope to oh, be nice. hunting this season out with my son in the Rhode Island, Massachusetts area with the. The coastal marshes and um, introducing them to what I grew up doing. I, it's, it's great stuff. It's uh, yeah, a little bit yeah. of nature in a very populated place. Right. It isn't uh, Cape Cod, is it? I've uh, hunted Cape Cod quite a bit. Uh, oh, love it, love it. Oh, that's neat. Uh, I I oh, lived yeah. three three summers in Provincetown, which yes. was literally just alcoholism. But uh, that's fine. And uh, <laughs> over now. You engaged in the culture. Right. That was the hunting I was doing. I was hunting yes. down a, another shot in a beer. Right. So, right. And um, are, there, are there destination hunting spots that you've ever wanted to go to? Like my brother, I think, is going to Costa Rica to do some big game fishing. Yeah. Like yeah. The, sort of the off the. Right. Cool. No, yeah. I, there, there certainly is. Um, at this point, it might be a couple of years, and up until recent events, there was a Siberian uh, trip that I wanted to make. Oh, right. You can wait on that for a second. I can. Uh, I, I put all plans on hold. Right, to go into, yeah, to Siberia. Yeah. yeah it'd be a terrible place to get stuck. Uh, <laughs> talk, about, talk about living off the land. There are some tensions right now between the two, uh, between the world and uh, the Russian government, so I'm yes. not going to... And Siberia would be a terrible place. They're like, oh, he's already there. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we keep our dissidents. Right, so right. that would be that'd be very disappointing. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just did this episode about flowers. Yeah. And um, 
and I asked uh, the guest, Barbara, if she had any sort of destination flower places. And she has always wanted to go to Hawaii just because okay. of the exotic yeah. sort of. of course, yeah. And I wonder, because there a lot of Hawaii is national forest. Yes. And so I wonder, have you ever been out to, there's a, there's a national forest outside of Hot Springs, Arkansas. I haven't that been. Is, that is that is one of the most beautiful places I've been on the planet. It's wow. a good looking planet though. So uh, uh, hey, there's a lot yes. of really great looking places. Yes. But if you get a chance to go, the town where Andy's dad uh, retired to was called Mount Ida. Okay. And he lives, and it's in the middle of this national forest, this wow. weird town. So you could drive wow. to it. Yeah. Wonderful. Go to that tiny town that has like a fake Dairy Queen right. and then and then go out to the National Forest and then drive the hell out. Right. <laughs> That's right. But I, right. I would. Yeah, it's I mean, if your kids are sort of formative age, you know, you'd have yes. to wait until they grow up to unless they they also wanted to go on some weird road trip. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm waiting till they're out of high school, I think. And that's going to be a few years. So. And then I'll try and uh, buy time with them by if they're still interested in hunting by taking them to interesting places to hunt. Yeah, you could. It, it would be fun for everybody. A little destination. I would hope you're so. Like, yeah, that'd be neat. Go to Colorado so. or. Yeah. Do you now? You're a dog person. Do you have a dog? We have. We got a we got a, a pound dog during the during the lockdown, That's... and at the pound you have a choice between uh, pit bull mixes and chihuahua yeah. mixes yeah. here in Los Angeles. And I had never had a dog before. Andy's had lots of dogs. Yeah. Uh, so we got a chihuahua mix, and he is a gentleman oh, of of a, of a eight year old uh, Gordy. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. What we, kind of dog do you have? We have a West Siberian Laika. Laika. How do you spell Laika? L A I K A. Okay. It's is that Russian, a hunting dog? Yeah, translates into barker. And it chases <laughs> animals up a tree or bays them, which is it just pesters them and barks at them until uh -huh. the hunter comes along. I, the, the, it's right there. It's right there. That's it's, where it's, it's being here. kept. Why aren't you kept. here yet? <laughs> I've got it here. Now, it's a crazy dog in that mm -hmm. it's just... Uh, uh, I should have gone to the pound in LA or wherever and got a Chihuahua mix, but instead I got <laughs> a very. Is he a big dog? Is he a big floppy-eared dog? No, uh, looks kind of like a. It's a Northern Spitz breed, so it looks kind of like a husky. It's a little smaller, a little bit lighter. Okay. It's a it's a primitive dog breed, Jackie. Okay. That was so you did a reasonable thing you said i'm gonna go to the pound and get a dog and right. what i did was i was reading i mentioned i read you read sometimes mm -hmm. and i was reading and i was wondering when people came over if they came over on the bering land bridge into north america everyone hates to move but yes hunting did they have dogs by that time domesticated mm -hmm. that brought me to primitive dog breeds on the other side of the Bering Land Bridge. <laughs> that brought me to a Russian zoologist who's been saving these native dog breeds. I woke, okay. up, I woke up a couple months later, I was picking up a crazy Russian hunting dog in Virginia. And it's been challenging ever since. She's, she is wound uh, tight. Is, how old is she? Five years old. That is, is that what that dog looks like? Kind of. That's what that dog looks like. That's, there. that's it. 
That's it. That is a tall dog. That is a lot picture, of dog. Picture them barking and trying to kill animals. It, she has not killed any of my neighbor's cats Ooh. to this point. I had a friend who had a greyhound who bit the leg off of their neighbor's cat. Oh. And uh, they. That's socially awkward. Yeah, that that really ruined that sort of uh, relationship. And uh, they had to get rid of the dog, sadly. But they yes. didn't they didn't kill the dog. They just brought the dog back to the greyhound rescue because yeah. it was one of those race dogs that they yeah. were like, we're going to save a race dog. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to save a chihuahua. Uh, well. And the greyhound is a hunting dog. It's a sight hound bred for hunting. That's how they make them race is they put a fake rabbit in front of them, right? Yeah, right. So if there's a So it a sees a small running, animal running. It's going to run after him and gonna catch run him. After. Yeah. 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 And I was so Andy's dad, the last uh, pile of dogs that he was working with uh, was mm-hmm. um, they were beagles. They were deer chasing oh, yes. beagles. Yes. yes. And I mentioned they live right up against this national forest yes. in outside yeah. of Mount Ida, Arkansas. And in the morning, some, you know, <laughs> twice a week, he would just oh. open up the kennels. Yes. And the dogs would streak into the woods. Yes. And then like five or six hours later, yeah. they would streak back into the kennel. <laughs> it was like it was yeah. he had gone from training pointers yes uh to training yeah. these 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 beagles and um yeah. he loved them he loved them so yeah and and uh he had one dog and uh which was uh one of the short-haired pointers and that dog's name was stinky yes. and here's the thing about stinky uh it wasn't being mean stinky was a stinky puppy yeah. There was absolutely nothing that could be done about Stinky. <laughs> stinky was Stinky till Stinky died. Uh, it's a good dog, Stinky. Sure. But that was a really, that was not an inside the house dog. <laughs> sure. It was actually really hard to pet that dog. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to until you I got close. I did want to. Right. And then I was like, no, you're right. Yeah. This dog. Yeah. Good dog. Good boy. Yeah. Is what yeah. I said to Stinky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, the pointers, you got to control, like, it's such a, um, you know, it's been described as a dance and an art and everything. And the pointers, it's such a a partnership of control and uh, communication between the dog and the handler. And it's a specific thing. With the beagles, it's, you know, you let them out the gate and they run. And they, it's, it literally has been bred into them. So I don't know, I don't know who's doing that, but someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) all right well uh it's literally been an hour david uh it has gone by pretty fast i've learned some things about hunting and i've learned that you really like it and that is one of my favorite things to learn so thank you so much for doing the show thank you jackie you're welcome uh rangers we're talking with david lemire here that's right. You're going to want to, uh, if you want to hear more uh, with him interviewing, tricking people into talking about hunting, <laughs> uh, go to the Wild Huntsman podcast. Huntsman is spelled Huntsman. You can all spell. I believe in all of you. But the Instagram is the Wild Huntsman podcast. Actually, the word podcast is there too, right? Yep. Podcast is in there. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for uh, being on the show. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we. You. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?